The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. This is Vena Jones-Cox, and you are listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing, where we work every week to make sure that you have the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. The Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati has no meeting tomorrow, because it's July the 4th, for heaven's sakes some point you got to stop networking and getting educated and actually go out and have some fun and watch some fireworks and drink the beverage of your choice. So uh, the next meeting will be the second meeting uh, in of July, which is uh, July the 18th. And of course, you'll hear about that more here on Real Life Real Estate. At the same time, uh, Cincinnati RIA is this month opening up all of its usually member-only focus groups to non-members who'd like to come by and talk specifically about wholesaling or retailing or note buying or passive investing or creative finance or, uh, man, I'm missing a bunch of them, beginners uh, topics, women's topics. Uh, There's about 13 focus groups associated with Cincinnati RIA, and you never hear about them here because they are normally open to members only, but not in the month of July. In the month of July, if you want to come to a meeting, all you got to do is pre-register for the appropriate meeting at CincinnatiRIA.com. So go to that site, check out what's available this month, and uh, get pre-registered. CincinnatiRIA.com. Interesting factoid, there are 10,000 people a day right now that are reaching retirement age. Not to say that they're retiring because, of course, the baby boomers are working longer, living longer, and apparently having a better time, from what I can tell, than previous generations. But it opens up an interesting uh, question for real estate investors, which is how do you house a population that is expected to be 38% over the age of 65 by 2060 when uh, current uh, housing availability isn't really set up for that? So our topic today is going to be about one of the ways that you can uh, start to do that and, of course, uh, make a profit while providing this service. My guest today is Jean Guarino, who is the founder and president of the RAL Academy and has been uh, doing residential assisted living for many years and uh, teaching it for the last several years. Uh, we are welcome, welcoming him from his home by phone. Jean, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. 
Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, Jean, I'm glad to have you back again. You were here a, a couple of years ago, and I know that, um, you know, think things have changed in the market. They've mm. changed in your business. They've, it's it's yeah. it's always a always a different world in in real estate, and we gotta keep up to date on our knowledge. But um, before we kind of dive into what's going on in residential list, uh, assisted living right now. Uh, can you tell the story of how you got involved in this? Because it's it's kind of interesting. Yeah, when I first heard about it, it was all about the business side. But really, I got involved when my mom needed help. And when she needed help, then it became very real. And when we started to look, when I, when I mean help, what I mean is she, she was at the point in her mid-80s where she really needed more help and assistance on a daily basis. Uh, but she wasn't ready for a nursing home, didn't need skilled nursing, but needed more help than we could, than she could get take on her own and we could provide on her own. So we started to look for solutions and it got pretty scary quick. There's a lot of people out there that are running uh, big boxes, I call them facilities, and the care isn't great. The buildings are okay and they're expensive. They're four or six, eight, ten thousand dollars a month to take care. So at that point, I said, I can't do that to my mom. I vowed to create a solution, and that's what we did. We turned a house into an assisted living home that I'd be proud to have my own mother move into, and that's where it all began for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the the business that you are in now is one of kind of providing this alternative type of assisted living for folks who just, you know, some of them, they're, they're not ready, as you said, for skilled nursing. Some of them, they just don't want to live in that kind of environment where there's, you know, lots and lots of people. They want to live in a smaller, more kind of family-like, just, you know, a few people around me and I know who they are type of situations. And uh, this is something that you feel like a lot of individuals could be doing if they understood what all of the rules and the requirements and the financing was all about. Absolutely. It's something that certainly is needed, whether it be in Ohio or Arizona or any place in between, and it's something that we're all going to get involved in one way or the other. I think there are some people probably listening right now that maybe even have their mom or dad nearby listening to them, and and the reality is many of those people would rather have somebody else, a caregiver or some other situation where they're being taken care of, and they could come visit mom or dad in that home as opposed to being taken care of, be the full-time caregiver for mom and dad. So everybody who's listening can get involved in this on the real estate side, the business side, or both. And if you don't get involved in that way, well, you or a family member is going to be lying in a bed writing a check to somebody who does. <laughs> okay, and when we uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a break. I'm gonna offer listeners the chance to uh, contact us with questions, and then we're gonna get into a whole bunch of cans of worms you just opened up about real estate side versus <laughs> business side versus <laughs> what, what, what do we have to do here? Um, our phone number here in the studio. If you have any questions about providing residential assisted living is 877-772-9658. Again, that's 877-772-9658. You can also just send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Jean Guarino from the Residential Assisted Living Academy. We're talking about uh, an, an alternative that's already out there, whether I mean whether listeners know about it or not. There's there's 
residential living facilities uh, popping up, like the ones we're going to talk about, all over the place. And a lot of people are very curious about them because they have heard what kinds of income they produce and they've said man how do i get involved in that and there's some you know like with every real estate strategies there's some things you got to know <laughs> before you go out and try and dive into that business uh i should mention before i completely forget it that uh gene is one of the 15 plus featured speakers at the ohio ria national real estate strategy summit that's coming up on october 31st through november 3rd here in cincinnati we're still kind of hammering out the exact agenda on who's speaking when and in what room and all that sort of stuff but if you'd like a preview you can check it out at oreaconvention.com that's o-r-e-i-a convention.com and we will have a special offer for real life real estate listeners coming up in the next uh, six or eight weeks to attend that with a partner and get VIP treatment and all that sort of stuff. So uh, just poke, poke that, put that in the back of your mind, stick it on your calendar, black out those dates so that you don't accidentally get married or anything on those dates. <laughs> and it's planned to be there because it's uh, everybody who comes every year says, man, this is the greatest. How do I, how do I get, oh, and uh, Gene, I don't know if, um, if the office told you this, but uh, this so it's July. This event isn't until October. You know how people are about signing up for conferences. They try and do it like last second, right? Yeah. We're we're already we 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 had to cut off registration last year right before the event because we couldn't fit any more people, and we are at this point 150 people more registered for July than we were last year for July. Fantastic. So. People got smart. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and our and the 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 hotel called us last week and said, you know, your room pickup is like twice what it was last year, and we're going to run out of rooms. And like, you know, you try, you try and tell people that, and then they get upset when they can't come because they tried to sign up second week in October for an event in the fourth week of October. So um, let's let's start out, Gene, by sort of uh, describing what it is that we're talking about when we say assisted living. And and residential assisted living because you know I think those those words like bring up a lot of different pictures mm. <laughs> in people's yeah. minds. Exactly. So there's really three levels. There's independent living, which is no assistance at all. Those are age restricted communities, 55 and above. If you need help, call somebody on the outside. So that's independent living. Then there's assisted living, which is in between that and a nursing home. So I'm going to just say it again, independent living, don't need any help, but it's just adults living together in their own home, condos, whatever. A nursing home is a medical facility. So if somebody does need the medical, but they don't want to or can't live by themselves, assisted living is right in between. And that could be either in a, a home uh, that is a house in a residential neighborhood, or it could be in a bigger facility where you have a lot of friends around and all the community gatherings in a community and all the wonderful things that are there. But what we focus on is that home. So turning a home in a residential setting into a small group home for the seniors. So six, eight, 10, 12 seniors in that group home. Okay. And we're talking, we're talking here primarily from, again, now we're talking, I'm not talking as the real estate investor. Mm. We're, we're talking about single family homes right yeah. single family and so single go ahead and and we're not in in case anybody's 
thinking, you know, along the lines of like halfway houses or something. These are nice houses. These are not, oh, <laughs> these are not, these are not, you know, in funky areas. These are, these are places where you would like to live <laughs> typically, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, my homes are, and my students are, absolutely. These are beautiful homes that, like I said, you'd be proud to have your own mom and dad live in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're saying, you said, I think you just put out the number six to 12 uh, seniors living in these properties. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how many how many bedrooms would six to twelve people live in? With the assisted living model, you could have two people in a bedroom, so a semi private room. Some states actually allow you to have more than that, but I suggest there were more than two. We'd rather have private bedrooms. So the homes that we use might be bigger than average homes. They might be three or four thousand feet or more. And then we take space inside and convert some of the space into bedrooms so there's more bedrooms than normal. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to go out and find a 12-bedroom home, but you might take a home that started off with four bedrooms and make it into a 12-bedroom home. But it's usually one or two people in a room. We like private rooms. That's uh, easier to uh, to sell to that person who's saying, I want somebody to take care of my mom. I want her to have some privacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And describe the describe the kind of person that is is the best customer for these, and and by that I mean sort of like, I, and I know it's gonna it's gonna vary, but like typical age, typical physical condition, um, mm. t- typical typical income source would be Got a good it. thing to know. Yeah. So that person who's in assisted living today is probably in their mid eighties, so eighty two, eighty four. They probably need help with three to five ADLs, which is an activity of daily living. So they need some help with either uh, any. Think about when I say ADL, anything you did after you hit the snooze alarm this morning is considered an ADL. Bathing, feeding, medication management, dressing, housekeeping. So if somebody needs help, they're going to move to assisted living. That person in their mid-80s may be ambulatory, get around easily. Some of them have walkers. Some even have wheelchairs. But they're not in need of constant medical attention. They don't need to be in a doctor or a nurse's office or even across the street from the hospital. They'll have an occasional visit or occasional appointment, but they're not needy in a medical sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And where's their source of income come from? Well, let's face it. A lot of people who are of that age are retired and They probably have a pension and or some social security. But when you're talking four or five, six thousand dollars a month, most people don't have anywhere near that kind of income at that age. So usually the money that is used for the assisted living comes from they sell their home. That money is used towards it. They sell their investments of any kind. That money is used towards it. And after mom or dad has run out of resources, then the kids, 50, 60 year old, they're the kids. They're the ones who now supplement whatever income they have, or they're the ones paying it out of their own pocket. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I know your home market is in Arizona, which is um, mm-hmm. just overall a little more expensive than things are yeah. out here in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you can you give me some, some basic numbers on roughly, like, what does it cost someone to live in one of your rooms, and what do they get? Because it's, it's not just a bed to sleep in. Correct. It's it's everything. It's almost like an all-inclusive resort, right, without the fun. But uh, <laughs> when I say all-inclusive resort, somebody moves in, all of their housing is taken care of, uh, so they have a place to live, all the utilities, all the food, uh, laundry is done, housekeeping is done. 
But more, most important to all, this whole thing, Vina, is there's 24-hour care. So there's caregivers. They're not nurses and doctors. They're people that are trained to be giving care to seniors. And that 24-hour care is the most important aspect of assisted living. But everything is taken care of. Everything is included. And uh, I'm going to look it up while we're here, but the national average is $4,000 a month per person per month in assisted living across the country right now. Uh, every state's a little bit different, and really, you have to get very, very local. But I'm going to look it up right here so I know what it is in your neck of the woods because I can do that. So let me find out. Mm-hmm. So four thousand, excuse me, four thousand a month is roughly what what people are paying to live in this type of environment. Yeah, in assisted living in America today, that's in essence what it does cost, whether it be a large Brookdale facility or something else. So, for instance, in Ohio, the median price for it is $4,278. You're over the national average. It's more expensive there than some other places. Hmm. Uh, yeah, well, Probably and less competition here would be my guess. There's probably fewer, fewer places yeah. for them to go. Uh, so, well, so, so I just I just got out my phone calculator and worked out that it's $133 a night. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like staying in a hotel in that you don't have to furnish it you know as the, as the person who's living there you don't have Correct. to furnish it you don't have to pay the utilities you don't have to and in addition to that there's somebody there to kind of uh, take care of things for you as you need it so that's um i don't know that sounds reasonable when you put it that way <laughs> it actually does i like the way you're thinking i like that but you know it's it's so much more than just a hotel room it, it's truly the care that people are paying for because there's caregivers that are trained to take care of them, and they're taking care of all the seniors. The other big element is somebody ne- doesn't necessarily need a lot of attention, but they do need community. So to be in a group home where they're with other people, it's a positive environment. They're not sitting at home alone hoping the kids come and visit once a month. Mm-hmm. Or the kids live all the way across the country, and they can't even mm-hmm. do that. Yes, yeah. and this is a this is a very social generation that that we've got uh you know heading toward retirement even even when they're uh in at the point in their lives when they're uh living independently they they're loving these places where they can go and live in in their own house or their own apartment but with lots and lots of other seniors and a pool and you know mm. parties and <laughs> all of the yeah. all of the stuff that I always assumed when I was 80 I wouldn't care about but apparently they do Apparently it's <laughs> well, again, in assisted living with what we do, they're typically not in the pool or having that much fun. They're less mobile and they need the assistance. But some people do need the assisted living. And that's the niche that we that we play. And it's great real estate play. And that's what we'll talk about at the big convention you're doing. So excited to be there. And mm-hmm. the business part of it is huge as well. Mm-hmm. Now, this person who lives uh, in the home with them, the, uh, I assume mm-hmm. that that whoever whoever's uh operating the facility and that's what we'll talk about the business side and the real estate side here in a minute but whoever's whoever's the business person operating the facility finds and pays that person well yeah i consider myself the operator of my homes but i have a manager so the manager she's there and she takes care of the day-to-day on site so she's the one who hires the caregivers she's the one that fills the beds with seniors and residents and she's the one that interacts with the families of those seniors. So she is the key person to my organization, but I'm the operator per se, but she's the manager on site. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And these uh, these caregivers are are they do they typically need some sort of a licensing from the state, the city, or does it depend on where where it is? Yeah, there's the caregivers themselves in some states no training required at all. I know that's not good, and we don't accept that, but. Some states don't require any training or very little training for a caregiver. Other states, like Arizona, it's 64 hours of classroom training. It's on-the-job training. It's TB test, background check, fingerprint card. So very stringent. The managers, almost the same. Every state requires them to have some level of training. The low end is 24 hours. On the high end, it's two years of experience, like it is here in Arizona. The manager is overseeing the caregivers but they could be a caregiver as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and did i get the the hint there that the manager actually lives on site or not mine don't uh some people that run their residential assisted living homes have live-in caregivers and or live-in managers i don't i do shift work i want them to go home get a break take some time off mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so listeners, I think we've painted a picture here of what the investment is. Like, what what are we talking about here when we talk about residential assisted living? Uh, and you probably are starting to have some questions and having to have some ideas pop in your brain about, well, that, you know, there, there's got to be some real money in that at four thousand dollars a person a a month. Uh, our number here in the studio is 877-772-9658. You can also uh, email any questions to askvina at gmail.com. Okay. So, uh, Jean, you wouldn't be like one of the most popular and hard to get presenters in the country if this was not a profitable strategy for people. <laughs> it was like, oh, yeah, you do all this and also you just make the same amount of money as renting the same house. Um, I, I think it would be easier to find a time in your schedule <laughs> to, to get you to come speak and be on the radio and stuff like that. So w- 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 compare... Let's say we have a nice home in a nice neighborhood. It's big. It's 3,000 square feet. It's, you know, the kind of place that you you would like to live. You would like to have your parents live. And the rental possibilities of that versus the RAL possibilities of that, what does that look like? So I'm going to give it to you in two perspectives. One would be just the real estate. So you're not the operator. You're just leasing it to an operator. So that home itself and every place in the country is going to be different for valuation and so on. But let's just say that nice home, bigger than average 3,000 square foot, would rent for $2,000 a month, just to pick a number. And if you were to rent it to an operator of the residential assisted living, they would be willing to pay twice that, 4000 a month. Why would they pay twice that? Because they're going to operate a business where they're going to net $10,000 a month in profit. So back to twice that. If you had a house and you're renting it for 2000 and you make $200 a month in profit, good. People are happy with that. But if you leased it for 4000 now you have $2,200 a month in profit. And more than likely, that operator wants a long-term lease. They don't want a one-year lease. They want a five-year lease. So if you're okay with the idea of owning the real estate, leasing it to an operator for twice the market rent with a long-term lease, that could be the play for you. If you like the idea of the business aspect where you can make $10,000 in profit, whether you're renting the real estate or owning the real estate and having all those amazing benefits, 
Now you're making that $10,000 a month in net profit because you're operating the business and the moving parts that go with it. And and I'm glad you're not, because I, I believe in our first interview, we didn't get into into the fact that there's a way to just be the passive investor in the in these things and a way to be the business operator and that there's definitely you know two very different kinds of people out there there's, mm-hmm. there's people who want to put down the down payment get the mortgage with the bank lease it to an operator and then just collect checks <laughs> yeah and that's and it <laughs> that just be the lender on or the joint venture partner providing the capital that's the the really really passive part you write a check and receive checks versus even owning the real estate at all. Mm-hmm. And then there's there's other people listening that I absolutely can guarantee you are thinking, why would you do 2200 a month when you could get 10000 a month? I, I'll just systematize the heck out of that and I'll I'll take the bigger money and I'll own 50 of these things. So There you go. To, That's why we do what we do. We, uh, we do it ourselves. We show others how they can do it too. Yep. Yep. Two, two, two very different mindsets out there and ways to get involved with either one. Uh, we need to take a quick break. Our number here in the studio, if you have any questions about residential list, uh, assisted living, it is 877-772-9658. Again, that's 877-772-9658. Or you can send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Jean Guarino. We're talking about residential assisted living and the possibilities uh, as, a, as a small investor, you know, is just the same, the same person you are who's out looking for rental properties or properties to lease option or whatever. You might be able to get into what is, um, I think, already a really booming business like it's gone from I didn't know anybody who owned one of these five years ago, and now I know four or five people who mm-hmm. who own them, and, and they've done everything from go out and buy an existing property, if they could find one that was appropriate, to building. They, they're some As you know, Gene, some of your students here in Ohio uh, couldn't find what they wanted, mm-hmm. and they just hired a builder and said, nope, here's the floor plan, here's what it ought to look like, and they got exactly what they wanted. As yeah. opposed to having to try and find something that might almost work. Um, we're starting to get uh, calls and emails at 877-772-9658 and at askvina at gmail.com. And let me let me spell that out for folks. It's A-S-K-V like in Victor, E-N-A at gmail.com. We're going to go to line one and talk to Henry. For, nope, we're not. Henry... <laughs> Henry's from the Bronx, and Henry got impatient. That's a weird yeah, Henry, give us a call back. Uh, we lost you there somehow. <laughs> could have been our fault. You could have been, you know, in 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 at work, and we're going to get in trouble for calling to a real estate radio show. I don't know. Uh, have a question here from Adrian in Tennessee. Uh, Adrian says he may have said this, and I missed it, but how many caregivers live or work in a house? that can support eight to 10 clients. Yeah. If from the, from the state's perspective, you can decide how many caregivers you want to have or need to have to take care of them. But if I were to have 10 residents, I would have two caregivers during the day and then one at night. 
So somebody's always there 24-7, but we use at, at our academy is five to one. So five care, five uh, residents for one caregiver, but in a larger facility, they would have a higher number. It might be 10 or 15 or more to one caregiver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A question from uh, Marcella who is at a 678 number. I'm not sure where that is, but her phone number is here at the bottom of the email. Uh, She says, how would you find operators if you just wanted to be the one to own and collect the higher rents for leasing it to them? That's a great question. And that is the perfect question to ask. And in the answer to the question, I'm going to give you two different answers, but the simple thing is you should find that operator first. Don't get the property, then look for them. Look for that operator first, then ask them, where do you want this property? Two ways to find them. One, any existing operators in your area would be great people to call, ask, and let them know, hey, if you're interested in expanding into more properties, I can provide the real estate. If you'd like me to do that, let me know. I'll help you expand. So that would be one. Two, obviously, if, if we have trained a bunch of people across the country how to start, own, and operate these, but a lot of those people that we've trained, they don't have the real estate solution yet. So you might match, mix and match with those people there. You'd be the real estate solution to their need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, my my uh, m- my mental wheels have been grinding ever since you said <laughs> <laughs> you can either just provide the money and be a JV partner or even a private lender if you wanted to go that direction on the property, or you could own the real estate and I'm thinking, how amazing would it be to own a great house like that, not ever have to rent it, like not, not have to lease it up and deal with all of that sort of stuff, get twice the rent so that I could pay it off? Because the house you're describing in Cincinnati is probably a $350,000 house. Mm-hmm. That's not a house mm-hmm. I would go out and buy for a rental. It just right. wouldn't work. Because <laughs> you're right, it would rent for about $2,000, $2,300 a month. If I could get twice that, it would cover the payment. I could pay it off faster than in 30 years. And at the end of that time, I would have a piece of real estate that I would really, really, really like to own when I retire. And the 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 idea of of owning the real estate is more appealing to me for that reason. But I know you're, you're right. There's people out there that are just going, no, 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 no. Just let me write a check. I don't even want to. I don't even want to own yeah. the real estate. I just want to write a check. And folks folks who like the uh, idea of the, the passive, you know, I know what I'm getting in my mailbox every single month uh, are going to are gonna like it. There's just so many people who could be involved in this. Henry is back from the Bronx. Let's make sure he's back. Henry, are you there? Henry? Henry. Henry, say he's, hello. He seems to be. He's quiet. Yeah, Mike's pushing all these buttons, and I don't understand what's happening, but... Henry, are you there? Henry? <laughs> all right, now, now, now what's, yeah, what's going to happen? Oh, there's Henry. There he Hi, Henry. Welcome to yeah. Real Life Real Estate. <laughs> uh, hi. Um, well, I know you don't like to hear sad stories, but I'm just a tenant, a poor tenant. You there? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I'm a very, I'm a poor tenant living from check to check. Mm-hmm. Henry? Hi. Hi. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, Henry, we can oh. hear you. Okay. Um, 
I think we're I think we're having trouble with Henry's connection. We're, we're gonna we're gonna maybe ask him to call back again because I think he can't hear us. Is what's going on at this point, Gene? So okay. so we'll 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 ask him to to call back again and maybe we can get a connection the third time. Um, okay, so there was a second question here from Marcella. Uh, who had the question about finding operators and she said and this is a one that i was going to ask as well are there any kinds of requirements that the home has to meet in the way of condition um you know like 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 uh, section eight once <laughs> once inspections every year and mm-hmm. i i'm wondering if there's a similar sort of thing set up for uh for these kinds of facilities and again i'm guessing it depends on where you are well, the short answer is yes. There is going to be an annual inspection on the property, and you definitely want it to be senior safe and clean and all of those different things. But from a construction standpoint, the biggest changes are going to be it's senior safe. So grab bars near the toilets and the sinks and the showers and that type of thing. You're going to need uh, at least two bathrooms in the house. So most state rules require at least one bathroom for every five, six residents. So let's say two bathrooms minimum, you need to have the grab bars, smoke detectors, make sure if there's a fire issue, that's taken care of. Some locations require sprinklers or fire suppression. I'm going to suggest to you, again, if you're working with me, the idea of even if the state doesn't require fire suppression, I want you to put it in there. I want the seniors to be safe. And the reason why you know, they do inspect the property annually is they want to make sure that these seniors who are there being well taken care of. So. We want good operators who are operating at a high level, but they're not there to shut you down. You'd have to really be a terrible person and do a horrible job to get shut down. But they still do an inspection, and that's important to have done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the um, it, it is a, it is a it is a little more regulated business than just mm-hmm. you know renting properties out, which is one of the reasons. And I, I was I was thinking about this as I was reading another email here folks do not run out and buy a $300,000 house and start advertising to put six seniors in it until until you understand what all of this is about that 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 yes. would that, that would be like that would be like saying oh i decided to open a restaurant so i bought a building and bought an oven and now i'm opening a restaurant and it it doesn't work like that there there are uh, not just regulations which are of course important to know how to um get through but there's there's a lot of moving parts to this and there's a there a a for instance is uh gene i i'm i'm gathering that uh these are fully furnished houses yes we furnish them for the residents yes Mm -hmm. so so kind of like we've had people on here talking about their airbnb businesses Mm -hmm. and there's a whole art to buying furniture for your airbnb Mm-hmm. <laughs> seriously like it you know if you know how to do it right you can you can save thousands of dollars on furnishings and still have great furnishings and i'm guessing there's probably tricks like that 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 have partly to do with you know what kind of thing do you actually need when seniors are there uh you're providing the the cable and the utilities mm-hmm. and the you know all of those things that one expects to have in a place where one lives these days um, so it, it truly is, if you're going to be running the business, a business. Mm-hmm. 
and 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 you would no more open up a you know a restaurant with having without having systems and procedures and understanding what yeah. was happening than you would want to do this without understanding all of those things sometimes yeah and and i think that's a great example by the way the restaurant because you know a lot of people have thought oh i should open a restaurant someday and maybe they're good at cooking or they love to eat or whatever it may be and but if you did that, well, your place has to be inspected. You need, like you said, equipment. I need an oven. I need chairs and tables. I need a staff. So all the moving parts. And that's why a meal costs $30 when you could cook it at home for 5 right? Mm-hmm. So the extra money that's being paid is the potential profit of that business owner. And that's why when it's really interesting to me, Vina, because people ask all the time, who can afford $5,000 a month in assisted living? Well, who's going to take care of them? Who's going to pay for that? And the reality is that is what it does cost. So if if we can provide a great service and out of that five thousand a month we get to keep fifteen hundred a month after all of the great service that we provide and the place for them to live, well, it's a win win situation. Everybody wins. And that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's a great business, but and I and I love my listeners, but sometimes they get overly enthusiastic when they hear about something and they're like, I'm just gonna go do that right now and Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, hey, you know what? You got to take action after you understand what you're doing. That's all I'm saying, listeners. <laughs> take action after Good you advice. understand what you're doing. All right. Uh, we're going to take uh, one more quick break and invite anybody else who's got questions to give us a call at uh, 877-772-9658 or at askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Jean Guarino, who is uh, also going to be making a presentation where Vina doesn't interrupt him every 10 seconds and ask another question <laughs> at uh, at the uh, National Real Estate Strategy Summit here in Cincinnati on October 31st through November 3rd. He's not speaking from October 31st to November 3rd. He's speaking during that time, not for four. It's a long, long That would be talk. a long, yeah. You better bring your chloroseptic if you're going to speak for four whole days. Uh, there's there's uh, some kind of kind of uh, starter information about that at oreaconvention.com. We do not have all the speakers up yet, and we do not have all of the uh, agenda hammered out yet because once we get all the speakers we have to like negotiate with them about no 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 we really need you to do 8 30 in the morning i don't want to do 8 30 in the morning so we gotta you know wheel and deal with them about getting getting the agenda all set out but uh there's some there's some basic good information there and we will have more information about it here on real life real estate in the coming weeks uh so gene i I look up at the clock and we literally have like six or seven minutes left and Mm -hmm. there's so much more that i wanted to ask you but i wanted to get the listener questions out of the way as well um so let me let me uh just just have you address this if someone is getting into the business and now you've been teaching it for several years now, so you've seen lot, lots of people go through this process. What are the biggest issues that y- you find are stopping people? Like, like they, they, they get the education, they, they really mean to do it, but then it doesn't happen. What's, what's, what, mm-hmm. what are the kinds of things that are getting in their way? I'm going to answer that by saying, number one, is uh, I'm going to give it to you on the practical side. Funding is one of your biggest issues in anything you do. So 
either having access to it, resources for it, uh, knowing how to present yourself to gather it, that. And one of the biggest challenges is simply people. So whether it be the managers, the caregivers, the residents, the family, people, those are your two biggest things, funding and humans. But realistically, the way you asked the question, I wanted to answer it this way. The biggest reason why people don't follow through in life and aren't successful is a lack of commitment. If they were truly committed to what they were said they were going to do, they would do it. Because the only way you fail at something is if you stop doing it. Just keep going. You'll get there eventually, maybe not as fast as you want, but get committed. <laughs> and really, the other part to that, Bina, and is focus. So if you're not focused, it's really easy to get distracted. Something over here looks better than Mm-hmm. Yeah, strategy jumping. That's a uh, mm-hmm. that's a uh, that's the thing we see all the time in RIA mm-hmm. groups. Is there's always that. You know, so we're gonna have fifteen different experts at this convention, just to use an example, and yep. all fifteen of them have been super successful at what they do, and all fifteen of them are really great at explaining how great their strategy is. Yeah, and people go, people go from room to room to room. During the, get excited. during the event, and they get excited about everything. And, and the thing is, it all works. Like, everybody there really has been as successful as they say they are in the thing they're doing. And it is, in fact, all exciting and profitable, but you can't do it all. Yep, yep. So, so I- you kind of have to, like, you kind of have to really examine your own life, your own, you know, what are you good at? Do you, do you love working with people? If you love working with people, you'll probably be great at residential ass, uh, assisted living because you're going to work with a lot of people. If you hate working yeah, with I, people, <laughs> <laughs> you might want to find a business other than real estate. <laughs> That's right. It's all on the, the, the internet. But I think one of the key points to that whole deal that you just said there is it's okay to shift strategies if the market is calling for that or if it's not reaching what you want. I think a lot of people, and you know, you know this too, you've been doing this for a long time, the idea of somebody is doing something but it's it doesn't give them joy it doesn't give them the money it doesn't give them whatever it is they said they want and instead of just grinding it out and keep doing it it's okay to shift and then the other part is cycles everything is cyclical so if the market you know foreclosures were big 10 years ago today not as much mcmansions were great 10 years ago today hardly at all so what's the future going to be where is the puck going that's more important than where you are at this moment where do you want to be in the future Mm-hmm. Yes, totally, totally agree. Uh, don't don't go into business yourself and then end up doing something you hate. That's just silly. Mm-hmm. If you want to hate something, to go back to your job that you hated, and let somebody <laughs> else pay you for it. Um, and and yeah, looking looking at these long term um, cycles and disruptors and demographics is always uh, it's hard to do, right? Because we're, we we're we're very focused on like what's what's going on right now. What's my next deal look like? But it definitely looks as if the direction, uh, well, I mean, I think there's no question that the direction that this country is going is it's getting older. Yep. The whole world. Yes, true. It was a world, world war that created the, uh, the end of the world war is what created the baby boom generation. But they're 10 years away from assisted living. That's why this is a great place to be. It's, it's the silver tsunami of seniors, as I call it. You, it's an unstoppable wave. It's like seeing a stock chart 10 years in advance. You know exactly what's coming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, got a last-minute question here from Harrison. Uh, it doesn't say where he's from, but I'm guessing it's a small town because this is his question. <laughs> he says, mm-hmm. is there a population marker you look for before you would consider opening up an assisted living facility? Specifically, would you stay away from a town of 20,000 people? Uh, 20,000 I'm fine with. 
I've had students do it in as small of towns of 1,000 people. And it really depends on the makeup of the town. Is it a is it a town that is you know somewhat fresh and vibrant, or is it a town that's going to become a ghost town in the next sixty years? So, uh, twenty thousand people, that's fine. But the key point: check out what's already there. What's your competition? Because you want to. If there's no competition for assisted living, go for it. And if there is somebody, all right, what would you do differently or better or nicer or newer that people would want to come to you instead of them? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and that's that sort of information, by the way, is very easy to get just by Googling it. I did some research before I came here to interview you about about the, the aging population specifically in my area mm-hmm. and uh, discovered that apparently the place I want to be is Maine because Maine has the largest population over the age of 65 of any state for some reason. <laughs> I would have thought it was going to be Florida or Arizona or something like that. So that's because they're frozen; they can't get out. <laughs> it's possible. Six months of year, they just can't go anyplace. Um, right. So, so yeah, Harrison. There's a lot you can learn on Google, and um, you know, like you said, checking out competition. And also, remember, we've been kind of we've been kind of uh, talking as if every every one's business was going to be Gene's business, which is you know eight to twelve people in a house. It doesn't have to be that way, right, Gene? If the if what the area calls for is you know four to six, there's still a lot more money in renting to four to six seniors than renting that same house. I would do it a little different model if I were only going to do four to six. But the short answer is yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. But bigger is better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, very good. I I appreciate you taking the time out of your super busy schedule to uh, be with us today, Gene. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing you at the summit, and uh, I know you've got all sorts of information in your presentation about um, not just how you do your business, but the 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 direction that the whole thing is going and. Um, you keep super up to date on that, so I'm looking forward to seeing what you have uh, to say this year. I'm excited to see you as well, and anybody who's listening who's wondering if you should go, go. No question <laughs> about it. Great event. It's an awesome location, too. So lots of fun. Vina does a great job with the whole team that you put together. You do an awesome job. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate, appreciate it, Gene. And listeners, we will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to real estate investing. Until then, happy 4th of July and happy investing. Happy investing.